This is an ABC podcast. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Motels have the potential of offering a window into the unique charm of small town life. And that's exactly what the Rosebud Motel Group plans to do. Open that window and revitalize the classic roadside motel for a new generation. And in a case of life imitating art, just like Eugene Levy, a.k.a. Johnny Rose from Schitt's Creek, there is a small but growing movement here in Victoria of roadside motels being brought back to life with all of their retro charm. From Kyneton to Aries Inlet, cars are once again pulling up out the front of the room that they're checking into. That little breakfast door is being lifted and a tray of toast and condiments is being passed through like a piece of motel magic. Kidney-shaped pools are being refurbished and life is being put back into what could have once been the biggest and the busiest business in town, whether it be for travelling sales people or families on a road trip. So are roadside country motels making that bigger comeback. Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host this morning. Kirsten Dipro is joining you from ABC Warnable. Kirsten, motels, they often have a little special place in our hearts. But once shopping centres and online shopping came into our lives, once our travelling salespeople disappeared and once we all started flying instead of a roadside trip, the motel... The need wasn't there. It wasn't as great with everything that we love about them. But that's starting to change. Hi, Rochelle. It's interesting, isn't it? I've got some wonderful memories of our biannual holiday from Sydney to the Central Coast. We'd stay at Twin Palms Motel. <laughs> it was pink and it had two palms out the front <laughs> in Tukli. Yeah, cl- pretty close to Fluoro. And I Googled it when we were looking at this topic to see if it was still there and I couldn't find it. I'm sure it's been, you know, the name changed and um, the, the pink isn't there. If anyone knows if there's a pink motel in Tukli, please let me know. It would be fun to to see it again. But, yeah, it was part of our our childhood. We'd go and stay there. Uh, it was a nice sort of three-star motel. Uh, we'd have dinner across the road at the RSL. There was a great pool, which my brother and I loved. We had our own little room and our parents had our own little room, a little basic kitchenette, and someone would make our beds every day, which was pretty cool. The thing with the motel is that they were in small country towns or suburbs. They weren't big fancy hotels, and they offered a particular particular service at a particular time in our lives. So especially, as I just mentioned, for travelling salespeople or for business people, when in the 1950s, which is actually when the first motel was around 1957, I think we got our first motel in Victoria, which is later than I expected. And the first place we got our motel, one that to this day is heritage listed, was Oakley. The suburb of Oakley was the first place that a motel was built and with all of its retro charm and now and people would stay there. People would use it like a motel, but it's it's so different now. 
And I love that it's heritage listed because it does look like a 1950s relic. Uh, you could just imagine people there with leather jackets rocking up and, yeah. And if, at the time when it was opened uh, in 1957, the Royal Auto magazine wrote about it and how it had wall-to-wall carpet and inner spring mattresses and tiled bathrooms, in-room telephones, public dining offering first-class meals and that it was um, ranks in modernity with anything in the USA. So the USA had been doing motels Mm. and that's where we borrowed or a couple of clever businessmen, because they were men at the time, uh, came and brought it to Australia because we were driving countries with large expanses and it worked and it worked for decades until... It really became on the nose. I don't know when, maybe around the 2000s. Well, that's, I think once flights got cheaper, once we started to not drive through towns, once we got big freeways and highways and you didn't necessarily have to go through these towns and our lifestyles just changed. Now, the movement that we're seeing now with motels being brought back to life, it's small, but it's growing and we're starting to see it in all parts of Victoria. As we mentioned, from Kyneton through to Aries Inlet, we, they are, we are seeing people now see the opportunity in these motels. So maybe of late you've thought about staying in a motel, maybe you've stayed in one recently, maybe you stayed in one as a child, or is there a motel in your community that you would love to see be brought back to life? On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Good morning, Rochelle Hunt here with you in Melbourne. Kirsten Diprose, your co-host this morning, joining you from ABC Warnable. And we are talking about a resurgence in country and roadside motels. What's the reason for the comeback? Is this something that is great, especially for regional communities? I mean, not only do they provide a lot of work, Kirsten, but there's somewhere to stay when we've sort of shut down a lot of our caravan parks. And the other thing that may come into today's conversation is there has been a shift around us as consumers questioning whether or not it's appropriate to always stay in an Airbnb, given the issues that they're causing with housing and our housing affordability and our housing crisis. So maybe people are starting to look back at alternative accommodation. Yeah, and it's a really good point that you made there because Warrnambool, for instance, uh, there's accommodation here and some great accommodation, but there's not enough for big conferences. So we as a town find it quite hard to attract, you know, the the annual conference, you know, to come out to us. Uh, you know, other places like Mildura, uh, other towns are really well set up for it, but unfortunately Warrnambool isn't so much and if we had more accommodation then that would be a great solution it would attract more also if we had an airport out here that would make it a bit (laughs) more attractive people go three hours drive look we'll do two hours to bendigo from melbourne but three but see that's it that's the road trip friends of ours just did a road trip these holidays and they picked the motels they were going to stay at along the way and i think that the road trip is making a comeback alongside this as well matt's in bansdale morning matt Good morning, how are you? Well, are you a motel owner? Uh, my parents own a motel in Bensnale that's one of the oldest in Victoria. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not sure in you know what sort of state it um, sits in in terms of um, timelines, but I think it would, would have been in the first 20 or 30 in the state. Wow. And it's still fully operational and pretty much booked out all year round. So did you? So you were a motel kid growing up? No, I wasn't. No, no. My, my parents purchased the motel um, six years ago. 
And do they love it, like running it? Yeah, Dad absolutely thrives on it. He, he loves the whole motel atmosphere and meeting people and socialising with them and uh, cleaning rooms and so forth. No, just kidding about the cleaning rooms. But, um, <laughs> but no, get right it's it. that and, country and it's charm, fun. right? I hate to quote you know, Johnny Rose here again, but it's that country hospitality, the family hospitality, and the idea that it is often a couple or a family that's meeting you, you might be able to get a home-cooked meal. It adds something different that the bigger hotels or chains don't necessarily offer, Matt. That's right, and Dad's been known to uh, go in and make a cup of tea for little old ladies and wash their cars if there's a bit of mud around the, the side of the um, the rear wheel or whatever. So, yeah, he certainly puts himself above and beyond the call. When it comes <laughs> oh, to that's brilliant. I'm checking in. <laughs> I know. I'm heading to Bansdale. That's amazing. If someone's got a pressure washer and wants to clean my car, done. Um, thank you so much, Matt. Peter is in northern Victoria. Yes, um, I've got a tie-in with yesterday's topic of electric vehicles. Okay. Um, I find it better to pull into the old traditional hotel, park out the front, run a cable in from the car and connect in under the door to, with the electricity and charge the car overnight. If you're in a more traditional uh, you know, places that don't have that easy access, mm. it's very hard. And the B&Bs often they're down the back of the place and you can't get the car in there and things like Great. that. So um, I find them actually more convenient than using other forms of accommodation when I'm travelling and having to stay overnight. Um, they're just so much... Uh, and are you finding that people are staying there, Peter, that you're sort of not the only oh, patron yes. in the area? Are they, uh, do you feel a buzz there? Yeah, yeah yes. Um, and particularly the done-up ones. My partner loves the... Uh, the, the classic 50s, you know, with the, the uh, kidney-shaped pool or whatever and uh, the like and the, the, the decor, you know, the laminics and things like that, you know. Um, yeah, it's uh, quite good. Um, so it adds to the thing. So you turn up, um, uh, just rock in, connect up the car overnight, get out in the morning and uh, you're off and running. Um and um, you can do whatever you like for the rest of the day. Um, so it makes it easier, so much more convenient. Yeah, and it's, I think that's the thing. It's just got so much about it. Louisa's in Croydon. Morning, Louisa. Oh, hi. How are you going? Well. Great. Um, I grew up in Melbourne in the 80s, um, and my, my parents are both from Brisbane, so at least one school holiday is a year. I think sometimes more than once a year, we did the road trip kind of up the Newell Highway. Ooh, that's um, a long one. Yeah, but, like, it was really normal to us. <laughs> and um, and just loved staying in the motels. And we used to stay in, am I allowed to say, it w there was a particular chain? Yeah, sure. Um, that I'm sure no longer exists, the flagging. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'd always stay in Flag Inn hotels and they had little activity books for us kids <laughs> and the absolute excitement of arriving and going to find the swimming pool yes. <laughs> was like the number one. I think we were more excited by the motels that actually arriving in Brisbane to see our cousins and stuff. So We once um, got a Where's Wally book as an activity. My brother uh, and I lost it. It was so exciting. <laughs> 
Um, so the idea of opening the door and wondering what it's going to be like. In just a moment, we'll speak with Kate Berry, who, of course, is the founder of OK Motels and a motel enthusiast. And already Olivia from Thornbury says, I love a motel. It's like a flashback to my childhood and all the good things. Call, cooling off in the pool, the breakfast slot, the glasses kept sanitised in small paper bags. The OK Motel Festival in Charlton in Victoria taps into those memories and staying at one of Charlton's retro motels. You can spend a weekend listening to bands, a DJ at the pool and then a roast dinner for tea, scones at the Bowls Club. It's just heaven. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Rochelle Hunt with you and Melbourne Kirsten Dipper is your co-host this morning joining you from ABC Warrnambool. And we're talking about I guess a rise, a resurgence of our roadside and country motels. Now, this is from Judy and Mount Eliza, and I think I kind of want to hang out with Judy. It says, I was married in the 1960s. We drove in our mini minor to the Seymour, and we stayed at the new motel for the night when we were married. We bought a barbecue chicken from the roadhouse nearby for our dinner and a bottle of Great Western champagne, in inverted commas. Judy, you are singing my song. That sounds perfect. Kate Berry is the founder of OK Motels and I guess you would say a self-described motel enthusiast. Kate, your love of motels besides the OK Motel festival that you've been running for years now, it runs pretty deep, doesn't it? You spent a lot of time in motels in the 80s as a result of your dad's job. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I... I um I did get dragged around from motel to motel on weekends. Um, my dad used to photograph, and this is a very kind of 80s job, I think, uh, display homes in um, kind of outer regional towns like Turalgan and Bendigo and so places that, you know, may not be the ultimate um, holiday know, destination. Holiday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but I think someone else was saying that it was, yeah, it wasn't actually where you were going. It was the excitement of what, the the motel was going to look like and what it was like inside and um and i think that i think the appeal of it now is you know so much of the kind of newer accommodation is so i don't know a bit beige and doesn't have much of its own personality and i think you know a lot of those motels that you went to in those days just yeah they none of them look the same and they all Mm. you know had you know wacky bathrooms and you know, so I think, yeah, that is, I think the appeal of them at the moment is, um, yeah, they still, you know, do retain that personality that's um, exciting. Yeah, if you go to a chain, you know exactly what it's going to look mm-hmm. like. It's going to be the same pretty much wherever you go. Kate, why did you just decide to found OK Motels? Because, I mean, motels did have a bit of a, a time where they just went right out of fashion. Yeah, um, I mean, I just like getting in the car and driving and not knowing where I'm going. And so, you know, and that was the ultimate goal, I guess, in those road trips was to to find some little secret motel. And I just sort of started documenting them on my Instagram account. And apparently lots of other people liked them as well. So it was, yeah, it was really fun to sort of to share that with people and, you know, get some hot tips from um from other people on on their travels um i mean there's i think you know around the mallee and sort of those kind of areas in victoria there's still plenty of them around that haven't been touched so i do spend a bit of time out there and yeah and that's kind of how the okay 
Christmas and then all of them are, I mean it's easy for us to sit here and romanticize about sort of the good old days and the, yes there are and we'll speak to some of them today some really incredible refurbishments that are happening and then some are sort of classic and left in their original form but Kate have you also noticed within your travels that maybe a lot have been almost just left to rot so to speak that they haven't been given the love that maybe they're sort of sitting there in the town and they're a little bit of an eyesore for that town because other people aren't (laughs) staying in them or no one's using them or they've been left to you know there's a letter missing from the drop down from the main (laughs) sign and you know so it's not always as romantic as we like to make them out to be Ah uh, no, I will, not at all. But I mean, I think the thing that I I find probably the most disappointing is on my travels is a lot of the grey nomads don't actually like the um, appeal of the old things, <laughs> and like a lot of the kind of a newer um, kind of modern take on the motel. So a lot of the motels actually end up losing a lot of the character that they had and. And end up just sort of looking the same as possibly a chain, which I, I kind of, I mean, it is sad if there are some that are left to, you know, to rot. But I don't actually see too many of them, to be honest. I see more of them kind of losing their their personality that they, they once had, which I find mm. really sad. Yeah. Kate Berry, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> no worries. Thanks so much for having me. Kate Berry there, founder of OK Motels. You know, Rochelle, in Kyneton, there's a motel that really has refurbished, but in a 1970s retro way. And they even have wallpaper that has, like, macho men from the 70s in one of their rooms. <laughs> I love that. There's those breakfast lots. That's what they were called, weren't they? Who knew that the best part of staying in a motel, they're becoming rarer now, but you just can't beat that cold toast, the wax paper envelope and the clunk as the little door opens as that breakfast tray is delivered. That's from David. If there is a motel that has been revitalised in the area that where you live, or as a family or as an individual, if you're thinking about going back to using them, as we see less caravan parks available, maybe there's a little bit of a cultural shift now around whether or not you want to stay in a, a short stays, an Airbnb, will we start to consider motels more one 777 Damien Sorantonio is the co-owner of the Sunny Mead Hotel which is down along the Great Ocean Road in Aries Inlet and retro is an understatement Damien when it comes to the Sunny Mead you have refurbished it to its former glory the kidney shaped pool everything sort of I feel like you need a beehive in order to and some high-waisted bikinis in order to frequent by the pool what was it about refurbishing and bringing back to life such a classic retro-looking motel? Uh, good morning and, and thanks for, for having me this morning. Um, I think, and you touched on the pool and it's interesting, when we did decide to refurbish the property, we really wanted to keep as much as the original as we could. So the pool, the actual pool is the original pool and obviously we've made the improvements um, around it. Um, but it was... Like the um, the previous talk I caught the end of that um, was saying, it, it was a dark and gloomy, um, rundown motel, but its location is spectacular, um, and its bones were, you know, saw huge potential. Um, so it was just about bringing that personality, that colour, um, into the property and making it a destination in its own right. That really led to, I guess, the decision to, you know, refurbish the property. I mean, I suppose Aries Inlet is a great place because it's such a great 
tourist destination already. But what about the costs of refurbishing something like what what you've done? How expensive is it? <laughs> uh, yes, it's everything. Everything costs, um, but you know it, we see it as a long-term um, investment, um, and you know we're you know got a lot of belief uh, in the region, um, being only you know one and a half hours out of Melbourne, and and with you know the Greater Geelong region um, expanding and and the demand um, from you know both intrastate uh, travellers and international travellers um, to our region. Um, but yeah, obviously the cost is always a, fa- um, a mm. factor. But yeah, hopefully you do it good enough. Um, that means you don't have to, you know, spend as much in the long run. As well. I love motel decor so much. Like, I mean, I think I even off air I spoke to you, Damien, about this a series on Netflix called Motel Makeover. If you love motel decor, you have to go and watch that series. And a lot of what Damien, you and your team have done is very similar to that. But you mentioned destination and when you look back through whether it be some of the documentation that say Tim Ross has done uh, or whether you just look back through some of the history of motels and the role that they played they weren't always just for traveling business people or for families they were destination places like families would all meet and then you would stay in that motel and sometimes it might just be if you lived in Melbourne and then you drove to the motel in Seaford and you stayed there for a week or so so that difference isn't there Damien of a, a motel as a destination point as opposed to somewhere where you're just travelling through. Yes, definitely. And I think where we've gone a little bit different is, um, you know, we've kind of gone against or away from trying to attract families um, to the property. Um, We see that there are quite a lot of offerings in the region, whether it be caravan parks or bigger hotels and even bigger Airbnb properties. Um, But what we really, who we really wanted to target was that groups of friends um, or groups of couples. So, um, where people could, you know, especially coming out of COVID, could reconnect with one another, could come and have fun and enjoy the property um, and not just have it as somewhere where you stay and then continue down the Great Ocean Road the next day. We wanted people to stay, you know, multiple nights to be able to package up the accommodation, you know, with our restaurant or with our beautiful day spa on site as well. That, that's really interesting, Damien, because I think the Airbnbs have probably uh, had that market for a while. The houses that, you know, those large houses that you might book out and then four couples mm. might stay in that. Um, but to have uh, a, an alternative, I suppose it's a little bit more of an upmarket style motel. Yes, definitely. And I think um, also one of the what we wanted people to when they walked into the property or into, into that room is that first impression is, gee, you know, we probably wouldn't do this, at, have this in our, um, in our home, but, you know, we really love this. Yeah. Um, and so that's where that fun... It's the nostalgia that's that a part color. of it. Yeah, it's people talking exactly. about the brick and the floral breads, bed spreads and those tightly tucked sheets and the noisy air conditioners and all of those memories. <laughs> Damien, <laughs> thanks so much. We appreciate no. your time. Damien Sorantonio, who's the co-owner of the Sunny Mead Hotel. And if you like 19 sort of 60s decor, then that is the place for you. Andrew's in Gippsland. Morning, Andrew. G'day, how are you? Well, what did you want to say? Yeah. Um, as a kid, uh, Dad used to pack me and my brother and mum up in the car and we used to go on road trips in New South Wales and I always loved staying in the motels because the one thing I did love was those little cereal boxes Yes. Uh, that you used to get and you, know, you still, I think you still get them. Probably still sure, do. That, <laughs> was, that was a highlight of, you know, ordering your, your meal the night before and getting the little boxes of cereal 
uh, and deciding on which bed you were going to sleep in and things like that. So we spent many a happy time on the road travelling through near South Wales. And now, because of my job, and I'm heading to Hamilton now, where I'll be staying tonight, uh, whenever I'm out on the road, I, I'm booked for a motel. So I, the wheels come full circle because I'm out on the road a bit and uh, I'm a rural journalist. And uh, I get out there and uh, stay at a motel at the night when uh, of a night when I'm out and about. Uh, and why is that? So. Is it because to you know, as Johnny Rose would say, it's a little bit of country hospitality. What what's what makes you pick a motel? Um, look, I think so. I think they're convenient. Uh, it, it's easy. It's familiar in a lot of ways. So we don't fly. We we drive. Say three, two, three hours sometimes out to where we need to go. Uh, and um, so yeah, I'll be staying in Hamilton in a motel tonight. So oh, uh, and heading back home I'm tomorrow. Slightly jealous. So. Enjoy <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> That's my nearest town. Enjoy. <laughs> There's a few good motels yeah, there. Uh, there and are. drive there safe. Are. Good on you, Andrew. Thank you. That's Dulcie is in Ballarat. Morning, Dulcie. Hi. Hi. What did you want to say? Um, I was travelling from the Gambia back to Ballarat and some time ago and I hit a kangaroo in um, Saskatoon Heathcote and I pulled into the garage to get them just to check the car and they said, well, you can't go any further, you must stay. Uh, and they booked me into a motel sort of across the road where they took me to the hospital, the motel people fed me, kept an eye on me all night wouldn't let me go till I was properly recovered the next day. And you wouldn't get that in a hotel. Isn't that incredible? I mean, that's yeah. hospitality to the next level. That's amazing. How long ago was that, Dulcie? Oh, it must be probably 20 years ago Oh, now. wow. <laughs> and you still remember because it? it's but stressful, isn't it? Still, yeah. yeah, well, the motel is still there. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good hospitality counts for something, I think. I love this text from Liz in Geelong who says she agrees with Kate Berry's description of Wacky. The bath in our Charlton motel was in the living room. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, sometimes you're sitting there watching the telly, you get an urge for a bath, you can turn it on, it's just there. Rochelle and Kirsten, we purchased the Minion Motel just under a year ago. It was a tree change for us and we love it. What has struck us is how much the guests love that country charm and the nostalgia of a good old-fashioned motel. That's from Matt and Mel. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This message has come in and says motels have never gone away. They're often near main highways. I don't mind the vibrations and the rattling windows through the night from the trucks. Many temporary workers and tradies stay long term. And that's one sector of society. Okay, we don't have the tra- travelling, say, salesmen now. And I say men deliberately because most women weren't out on the road uh, back in the 50s and 60s and working in that area. But now we do have uh, a lot of tradies, men and women, that travel for work and are yeah. staying in motels and if you're young as well and you do want a little bit of that hospitality you know that country charm where your breakfast is delivered and you can maybe sit in the main dining room of an evening and have a, a home cooked meal you can see where that attraction comes from Dougal Hollis is the general manager of accommodation association Dougal like this texter says motels have never gone away but they certainly sort of went out of charm for a period are motels a popular choice for people in our current climate? 
Hi, Rochelle and Kirsten. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I think when we look back, you know, motels really hit their straps in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, back then they had an ensuite bathroom. Most of the pubs and accommodation houses of the day had shared facilities. And so people will, will remember the nostalgia. They'll remember, you know, the inexpensive and safe places to stay for that family road trip, clean and safe. And I think that's what's driving them back again now. As, you, as the callers have all been saying, owner-operators that are in the business and really trying to make a difference from a, uh, you know, delivering impressive hospitality standards. Did, did families basically not travel before then? Perhaps they couldn't afford to and it was just ma- mainly the solo traveller, often men who would, you know, stay in the room at, at the pub. Is that what happened before the 50s? We just well, we didn't, didn't travel? We cars that would let us travel like that as well, I guess. <laughs> It's interesting. When you look at the word motel, it's a mix of motor and hotel. So instead of having to stay in a hotel where you had to go inside and go through a lobby and maybe a little bit more formal in structure, uh, you know, the motel was deliberately a motor in that you were able to drive up to and that convenience and ease of use. So I think, you know, well located, as you know, most regional centres have a a range of of budget and, uh, you know, price point motels and uh, families just really um, responded to that and uh, and travelled accordingly. Considering we sort of didn't start to build them till the late 50s and that was in suburban Melbourne, we would have seen another big spike, I would have thought, in the 70s and the 80s. We seem, it feels like anyhow, and I'm just thinking about all the road trips I've gone on and the places that I've lived, it feels like we have a lot of motels given that we haven't had them for a long period of time, if that makes sense, Dougal. <laughs> I was, I'm perhaps showing my age here, but the halcyon days were between 75 and 85. That's, yeah, that's, almost, that's a sweet window. Don't worry, I'm in that yeah, window too. <laughs> I missed it. Oh. <laughs> Guilty. Almost 800 were constructed around Australia yeah, right. during that time. So, uh, you know, since then, in in the 25 years or so since then, it's probably flatlined a little. We're looking at about 2,500 motels nationally now, but uh, the halcyon days between 75 and 85 there. Now, we're hearing some wonderful stories from people calling and texting in about their motel memories, but I think we do need to mention that not all motel experiences can be positive. You know, I think we've all probably stayed at one that uh, Halcyon's days were back in the 70s and not much has happened since. Look, last year I stayed at a hotel, I'll just say Western Victoria, and the pool was filled in with gravel and it was gated and it just didn't have a lot of appeal. I've stayed in a hotel and there were rats in there once. That was motel, 10 you mean? Years hotel, ago. motel, motel. A motel, yeah. a motel. Mm. Um, you know, there are some places that just don't make the cut when it comes to motels. Yeah, that's true. But I think what people are realising and, and, you know, the owner operators that you've already had on are realising we're still going through a very domestic led recovery post 2019. Mm. So domestic spend, overnight spend is up 40% on pre-pandemic levels. You know, Australians, it's it's breathtaking really, 100, 110 million trips annually and they spend over 400 million nights away from home. So whilst you've got some operators that are probably a bit stuck in the past, many, many more, I think you had Damien on earlier, you know, realising that if they actually enhance the offer, um, you know, the, the, the travelling public will respond, particularly given that, um, you know, for many and varied reasons, um, domestic travel is, is, is still very recession-proof. Dougal Hollis is with you, General Manager of Accommodation Association in Victoria. Dougal, as cost of living rises 
to travel, you know, through the air, to fly anywhere at the moment is so expensive domestically. Let's not even think internationally. And I notice anecdotally more and more of my circle of friends are planning road trips for the first time in a very long time rather than flying and checking in to motels. Do you think that over the next couple of years, do you foresee uh, a resurgence in the road trip? I mean, if you're looking at motel, you know, the, the motor part of the motel, that we will start to see just more average families and individuals hitting the road and staying in motels. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely correct. What what we realised when we were locked down was how jealously we guarded the opportunity to engage with family and friends. And I think, you know, whilst there was an uptick in that post-pandemic, everyone got out and went crazy and visited all their loved ones again. I think you're seeing that still continue, as I said before, with those domestic trends. And you only need to, to see the rising um, airfares based on the fuel fuel excises going up, etc. You know, people do the maths. But as I said, I think travel is very, very recession-proof. People hold it and guard it dearly and they will actually want to go out and, mm. and, and rekindle and reconnect with those relationships with friends and family. Very important. Are you seeing, and again, anecdotally, but just conversations that I've heard of people thinking twice now about booking uh, a short stays accommodation, booking Airbnbs? And for two reasons. We now know some of the issues and problems that they're causing for housing affordability and housing stock in a lot of small and regional towns. But they're also quite expensive. And then you've got to do the cleaning at the end of it as well. Are we starting to see a pushback to these short stays as opposed to somewhere where you're getting country charm and hospitality and someone making your bet? Look, given the uh, hotels and motels that I represent, it might be a bit opportunistic to have a crack at Airbnb. But uh, what I what I would say is that they they provide an uh, you know a viable alternative in locations where hotels and motels don't make sense. You know, in some regional areas um, where people want to go and stay. But some of those Airbnbs will be located in, in key tourist districts. You know, on the Mornington Peninsula and the like. So if you're looking at those over summer, a lot of those families won't actually be able to afford. Um, and so, you know, the, the motel option, still very affordable, still very safe, and many of them still very clean and, and you know, uh, as I said, well located as well. So that, that's the attraction, I think. A couple of text messages here about the affordability. Uh, some are saying, why are traditional motels so expensive now? And another text saying, shout out to all the single people who can't afford to go on holidays because all the rooms are priced to assume two people are paying for them. With this resurgence that we're seeing in motels, are we making sure that they're not all becoming the upmarket or just high price, uh, you know, range that's out there? Yeah, what I've seen travelling around uh, different regional areas in Victoria is that there are a cohort of travellers, and you mentioned young tradies and, and the gentleman calling before about his road travels as well for work. You know, a lot of them will have a price ceiling where they don't want to pay much more than $100 a night. So some of those regional motels may actually deliberately not be enhanced because they want to actually stick to, you know, 80 to $120 a night price point because that's what the... Uh, you know, they've got a market that responds. So I think, you know, there are still those motels that are, um, you know, cost-effective, uh, cost but as we've, as we've been describing as well, those that are understanding, um, you know, if they enhance the product and service and, and increase the um, hospitality offer available, the uh, travelling public will respond favourably as well. 
And from the other side of the coin, Rod has texted in to say, Motels always. I drive a very expensive Porsche, which I can park out of sight <laughs> as opposed to a B&B. Bring back the lava lamp. See, there you go. Everybody <laughs> wins. Dougal, thanks for your time. Dougal Hollis, General Manager of Accommodation Association in Victoria. Jean is in Mafra, beautiful part of Victoria. Morning, Jean. Hi, hi, this is Jean from Mapra. Hi, Jean. Uh, I had a trouble. I had trouble with my house, so they had the insurance put me into the motel yep. in Mapra. Now they couldn't uh, do any. They done so well. They helped me out because I'm older person, and they made sure that I was okay. And and uh, well, they couldn't. They couldn't do anything better. They were oh, so you lived mild. there for I, a while. Yeah, I was three months in the hotel yeah. in the uh, motel. And, and that's the other uh, service, I guess, that motels can offer for insurance. I had a, a friend who, um, for a similar reason, there was a fire in the, the house next door to him and as a result, his house was damaged and he lived in a motel, Gene, as well for months and months and had a great experience. But then motels can off, also offer, you know, emergency uh, accommodation maybe for, for people that are, are, are fleeing family violence situations, all sorts of things. Gene, thank you. Douglas is in Bendigo. Morning, Douglas. Good morning, yes. What's your story? Uh, well, two stories. Very quickly, um, I learned about motels in America. My son and I drove from uh, Denver to Los Angeles and we learned about Motel 6s and they were so dependable and so good. Um, yeah, and so we transferred that to Australia. But my other story is that after I retired, um, I lived in Bright and uh, I had to um, get earn some money, of course. So I... I clean motels for a motel for about five or six years and uh oh the sights you must have seen <laughs> oh, well um the, most of the people who lived in uh who used motels were very very good occasionally you'd come across a disaster and i on one occasion the owner who was a fantastic owner had to shut these rooms for close on a week but oh uh, gosh the, well, I might have stayed that, uh, in one of the motels that you cleaned, Douglas. We, I remember I stayed in a motel in Bright when the then yeah. Minister Tim Holding went missing up in the mountain and every journalist from all across oh, Australia yeah, pretty much that, ascended yes. to the mountain. And it was a gorgeous yeah. little motel. It was classic, you know, the wood panel uh, bed end and the radio was built in to the bed end and the alarm yeah. clock. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. that Which, had all um, of the charm. Yeah, just, I'd just like to um, follow on from what um, Dougal was saying that um, the yes, it was the season, bright motel sort of at the height between in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, but now now the those motels are getting a little bit old and most of the motels there are now going through a very, very serious upgrade mm. and um, quality is... Of, of everything is increasing too so that's the custom and that's the custom that goes to bright i guess yep uh, michael and foster has texted in saying that many motel operators seem to hose their rooms down with bleach leaving a toxic cloud when you first open the door given you're a cleaner douglas or you were a, ho a motel cleaner is this true uh well it might have been for that particular room but no we did we didn't use toxic bleach or anything like that we just used good old um you know, grease, hand grease, ankle grease. Yeah. Can you still make a mean, a mean bed? 
Douglas? Do you still have like those I hospital never, corners? I, I was I was excellent, but I could never master those wretched hospital corners. No. <laughs> well, we're all we're all normal after all. There's only so much we can do. Thanks so much. Good to hear from you, Barbara. Is in Brighton. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Good morning. Miss, <laughs> um, yes, I had my honeymoon. Um, we had our honeymoon um, in the Oakley Motel when it had first opened in September '58. Oh, um, so that was one year after it had just opened. Yes, my girlfriend had just been married, and she and her new husband had stayed there. And she warned me that you couldn't open the windows. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> So I've tell us, was it was it glamorous and was it exciting? What because oh, that was the wow. first motel to be built in Victoria. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, where were you travelling from, Barbara? Well, just from Brighton to the Oakland Hotel for our first night. Perfect. And then, we going, then we were going on up the coast. I think our next stop was Gosford. And um, but you know, so many memories you brought back with them. Travels with our three children. Over the years, the, the best story was when my 55, which is now a daughter, left her teddy in the bed and the, uh, the motel owners sent it back to our home address in Seaford uh, in a whiskey box. And my mother, <laughs> who, was, who was there looking after the dog um, while we were away, um, she was very mystified. <laughs> Arrived in the box, she so. thought you'd ordered whiskey. Isn't that lovely that they sent the teddy bear back? Oh, and the, look, I mean, this is what I mean. It's a heritage listing on that hotel, on um, motel, I should say. Now, I mean, because it has the significance, not only all of the retro charm, but I mean, the fact that it was the first to be built in Victoria. Thank you so much, Barbara. And that architectural significance, it's important. Maybe there's one in a, a country town that you'd like to be see brought back to life as well. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. A small but a growing number of motels being brought back to life. But it turns out there are motels pretty much no matter which suburb or country town you go to. That is busy at the moment. Rochelle Hunt here with you. Melbourne Kirsten Dipro is joining you from ABC Warrnambool. I sort of have the hankering now for some cold toast, pineapple juice, um, butter, you know, little bits of margarine. An egg that's been made from the the circle or the square, 100%. you know. I got a great little home-cooked breakfast in Colac from a motel about six months ago. Husband-wife team turned up at uh, the door as requested at 7.30. It was so awesome. There's something about it that's just so charming. Philip Goad is the Chair of Architecture and is the co-director of the Australian Centre for Architectural History, Urban and Cultural Heritage. Philip, when we all talk about and think about motels, we think about the architecture, don't we? We think about the kidney-shaped pool, the big neon sign out the front, the little breakfast door that will open up and the floral prints that are on the, the beds. How significant was motel architecture for Victoria when it first started? Well, look, it was very significant because it meant that families could go on holiday relatively economical, economically. And it's the rise of the motor car and uh, look, every family, the kids would, you know, race into the, the room and jump on the mattress. Uh, but the other thing about motels is that they had 
often had air conditioning, they often had telephones and televisions in their own room. And unusually, uh, as opposed to hotels, motels always had their own bathroom. Yeah. Isn't it funny? You still see the signs now where it says um, air conditioning, <laughs> like all the things that you've just listed, but the signs still say it. And a, a child of today is like, what? A- of course it's got air conditioning. And I remember we sometimes would have a TV in our room that my brother and I would share and my parents had one in the other room and that was really special. That This is two the early 90s. Yeah, because we only had the one TV in the lounge room but now we've got multiple TVs. But back in the day, our own TV was very exciting. And, of course, the cookies, the little biscuits that you'd get um, was always very exciting. Wanted to talk architecture, obviously, Philip Goad, with you. The brick walls are something that motels mm. really uh, embrace. Why the, yes, <laughs> why the brick walls? They're still there today. They're very sturdy. Uh, yes, look, a lot of it has to do with acoustic separation between each of the rooms. And also, too, uh, ideally, you would drive up and park outside the front door to your room so architecturally it meant that the motel lent itself to a visual division often according to car space but also importantly for acoustics and if you were lucky on the opposite side to where you parked there might even be a little outdoor terrace or a view Uh, and so you know motels like the Mitchell Valley uh, near Bansdale had views across uh, agricultural landscape to the river and, and the like. So there was that potential to have uh, the automotive experience of arrival and excitement, but then also to the sense that you might engage with the landscape or a tiny country town garden uh, on the other side of, of often a big picture window. The signs are also quite significant, often neon, very large, and they're quite beautiful, 100% retro, but that was deliberate as well in that you would need to catch the attention of a motorist that was either you know, driving past for business and thinking, where will I check in tonight? Or maybe a family that's thinking, all right, the kids are getting a bit weary in the back. Maybe it's time for us to pull up for the evening. So the signage, albeit significant, it was very deliberate. Uh, Yes. And look, the signs of the motels had to compete with the signs for petrol stations. So you not only had to have the neon sign uh, that could compete with BP or, or uh, Golden Fleece, uh, a company which has gone now from in terms of petrol, uh, but also to you had to have a name, so a special name often. And it, Surface Paradise really specialised in the special motel names like El Dorado and places uh, and names like that, and uh, the Pink Poodle, of course. <laughs> and now everything's neon in Surface Paradise. I don't think you get anything to uh, stand out there. What about in terms of design for interactivity? Obviously, you need that certain amount of privacy for families, mm. but also that idea that you could meet people or it's very meet up with your friends. wasn't it, so that you had that central pool and then everything was about entertaining almost. Yes, if you were lucky enough to have a motel with a pool, it's where the family could be dispatched to, to give some, um, uh, but also it's where you might meet other travellers. 
and the, the grander motels uh, often had a breakfast room or a di- or even uh, a dining room. But I guess some of the excitement was having meals delivered to your room as well. What, one of the most, uh, if you like, design-oriented motels was the Black Dolphin Motor Inn at Marimbula. I've had a design. few people mention that one. Yes, and that had a very smart, almost Japanese-style dining room uh, which would have been a place where, uh, particularly its owner, David Yenkin, wanted to give a different style of motel experience as opposed to, let's say, um, the Oakley Motel or the El Dorado Surface Paradise. It's just fascinating. I have such a hankering to go stay in a motel. Philip, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Sure. Philip Goad, who's the Chair of Architecture and the Co-Director for the Australian Centre for Architectural History, Urban and Cultural Heritage. So many people, Kirsten, are texting in saying, you know, my family owned a motel. This one here saying my family had the Highway Village Motel in Hobart at one stage. The feature of it was the large metal, in inverted commas, crown structure that the Queen once drove under in the 50s when she visited Tassie and came down by the road from Launceston to Hobart. It was relocated to the motel after her visit and others talking about how they still love driving past and reading out the main signage from motels like colour tv yes <laughs> feature uh, josh and geelong says you can tell you're in a motel if you can see the car from the front window yeah i mean I, I, but that's great when you've got little kids there's nothing better than driving up and parking out the front Done. and having your kids oh inside easily uh we've got sarah in mount macedon hi sarah Hi, Rochelle. What did you want to um, say? Well, Dolphin, who called up earlier, was saying he was driving from Nagambi to, I think, Heathcote or something. But that reminded me that um, we used to stay in this motel at Nagambi when my son was, before he started school, and my husband was working close by. So we used to go to this motel, and it was it was a delight. Like, it had this massive fake palm tree that lit up <laughs> the night <laughs> and uh, right next to the pool. And often we, because it was during the week, often we would have the pool to ourselves. Oh, nice. We could walk to the lake. We could walk to the pub for dinner. You know, it was just, it was so much fun. I just loved it. It sounds like my perfect holiday, really. And it's just, there's something relaxed about it. Sarah, thank you. Let's end with Jackie, who's been waiting patiently in Swan Hill. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Um, come up to the beautiful northwest of Victoria. Um, Swan Hill has some great motels. The Peruna Motel in 1968, my parents got married there and had their wedding reception breakfast there and also their wedding photos out front with the motel as the background. They just love it. What colour is it? (laughs) What colour is it? Cream brick, you know, that that kind of brick that isn't that fashionable anymore (laughs) and very retro and it's still there and open so. it's changed a bit, but and the other one is in Lake Boga, just out of Swan Hill. There's there was two motels. Sadly, one's been demolished, but the other one has just reopened after many years of closure, and it overlooks the lake. It's called the Happy Wanderer, 
and um, it's wonderful to see it open again. Happy wonder, and it's open again. And this is what's interesting, and whether or not there will be a shift back. And yes, it's very different, right? And we know we've seen the rise of Airbnbs and catering for families, but we holiday differently back then. And I just wonder whether that will start to change again. Well, you don't need to always cook. You can just go get a sandwich, you know, from the, the local bakery and eat it by the pool or in your room or like that first texter said on their honeymoon night, they just went over the road and they got a roast chook. And that's all you need, right? You've got a motel and a roast chicken. Happy days. Oh, very good. I think it's the human side that is really what's also bringing motels to the fore because in our lives everything seems to be done online or we've got these massive calls that we you know we don't speak to a real person it feels like but how many stories do we get of people who were helped out by the motel and it made me think of when I got stuck uh, in Melbourne, my flight just cancelled by an airline and missed my, I was meant to be in Cairns that night, $250 for that room. And when I arrived there the next day, the lady there was lovely to me. She said, what an ordeal you've had. Mm. Had Because I just stayed at Backpackers with my kids and they refunded the money for me. Meanwhile, I'm still fighting to get the money for yeah. the flights. Well, that's with what I wrote down. Company. I wrote down everything. I wrote down hospitality, country charm, owner operated, and I've felt safe. As always, Kirsten Diprose, thank you. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Take care.